0: Am I right, sir, or am I wrong? With my main man, of course, Mr. Ralph Amson. Oh, nice. This is when you figure out that you have totally messed up today. Actually, no, I didn't. I did. Oh, I did mess up. See, this is where we start. This is how we start the day, but it is a okay. Watch see how quickly I can do this because I'm a perfectionist and as you guys can see, the scrolling text at the bottom is completely wrong. It's completely wrong. Yep, but look at that though. Look at that. Um, So, am I right right. or am I wrong (laughs) with my main man, Ralph Amsden? Um, Couple really good things up for you guys today. First of all, Ralph is a lover, not a fighter. So he inexplicably wanted to talk about Valentine's Day. So we'll talk about that. Um, Winter weather in Texas has is apparently the cold is being more taken seriously than COVID in Texas. NASCAR is inviting black people to the Daytona 500. It would have worked, but the weather absolutely killed it. Urban Meyer hired Chris Doyle as strength and conditioning coach for the Jaguars and he, promptly re- and he promptly resigned. Duke and Texas are struggling in college basketball just like young teams did in college football. The teams with the veteran QBs lasted and did well. The adversity of the pandemic does not look kindly upon the youth and of course our best of social media. You don't want to miss this today absolute fire this is am i right sir or am i wrong the intersection where sports business society and pop culture meet the truth monday wednesday friday fire facts only check your feelings at the door no bs is allowed we keep it 100 shoot us an email i'm mad i am mad at, at unafraidshow.com make sure that you tell a friend about the podcast share it All The way we can continue to grow, we will be on iHeart very soon. I'm super excited about that great partnership there. Big, big deal. And you guys can catch me on Fox Sports Radio on Sundays, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific, and Monday through Friday, 10 p.m., 1 a.m. Eastern Time on Mad Dog Sports Radio, and me and Ralph as well on the Pac-12 Apostles Podcast. So, Ralph, yesterday was Valentine's Day. You wanted to talk about Valentine's Day because you are a because you're a big softy.
1: You're a lover. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, go on. What? I know. I just said we we get we gave up on it, like as a couple in my house. So I'm I'm not that big of a softy. I I think like part of me at some point was like maybe we'll do something, and then I found out on the night of February 13th at about 9 p.m that it was February 13th. I thought it was the 12th the whole day. (laughs) So I thought, I thought maybe about going out and getting something, but like, honestly, we just, we, we looked at each other and we're like, Hey, not this year. And didn't even feel like one, ounce or iota of guilt about it at all of just letting it go i'm not like aggressively against valentine's day i'm not saying oh it's a consumeristic holiday uh meant to prop up florists it's nothing like that man and it's not that i don't appreciate my wife she's you know she she's holding us all down but i in no way did we even um acknowledge it yesterday and i feel fine about it i don't know if you, if you if you feel like maybe i'm letting my relationship die or something i was just <laughs> I wanted to run that by you and see what
0: you thought. I, I, until a few years ago, didn't even acknowledge the existence of Valentine's Day. Never. Just because I just thought it was an opportunity for, like, why does my love have to be judged on this day? You know, if I'm loving you every other day, like, why why is this day so much more significant? Because because it's a man-made holiday? I was like, why can't we have our own Valentine's Day on, like, June 6th? You know, whatever. It just felt so. And then also, you got to go out to eat and all this. I'm like, bro, like it's crowded. It's so inconvenient. And I'm like, and, and and then we had one year we hired a private chef. So I was like, okay, I was down with that but and now you're over there laughing you're like oh yeah he hired a- her
1: <laughs> no man no i don't begrudge anybody who goes all out for valentine's day um I, I there's an nfl player uh that i'm close with who who's a personal manager i follow him on instagram and he did something yesterday called an urban picnic so they come and they set up all the stuff for you outdoors and all you got to do is what? just show up just show up and enjoy up show oh, up and bro, enjoy it time. and it was like I was like, damn, this is, this is elite. I'm going to send you a link to it because yes. it looked incredible. Dude, and I was I like, hey, good for him.
0: asked about going on freaking picnics and I'm like, this is too much work. But if I can get that urban, that's just as good.
1: Then yeah. Because no, that requires and- planning and effort. Oh, it was like it was it was like, and it was like a uh, sushi with like a guide on how to roll and make it yourself. It had like activities planned. It was like a full afternoon thing. and and then I, I know another guy who is a who's an NFL coach and him and his uh, his girlfriend fiance, who was kind of partially uh, a former colleague of mine, they went out and had like professional pictures done and everything. and they looked great. like they they got all dressed up, white tuxedo, white dress. I think it's I think all that Valentine's stuff is Day, real cool. Dude. Do you have that clip from the Georgia, um, the University of Georgia defensive analyst? What he did on no. Valentine's Day? Okay, so I just sent it to you. It's in your it's in your inbox on Twitter. This this dude made us all look bad. He had his uh, uh wedding ring. Oh um, yes yes delivered yes. by drone. Yeah yeah yeah. I think all that stuff's cool. I just didn't participate this year, and I don't feel bad about it. OK, well,
0: I will get it and just I will continue to uh, I will effort this clip super quickly because I know that you like to have these things. Cause but you do
1: you, cause you did when, send it to me when you see stuff like this, though, George, do you say like, oh, man, like that guy's making us all look bad. That guy's putting pressure on all of us because I don't I don't see it that way at all. I think it's fantastic. Like uh, I'm way to way, way to raise the bar. <laughs> it doesn't see? bother me at all.
0: No, it it doesn't bother me at all either. I like, I, like, oh. okay, I'm a person like I'm not gonna sit there and let you, uh, bother my relationship and my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> like maybe my, my my wife might get upset about some stuff like that, but not me. Here's the here's the clip.
1: Oh my God. Oh my God.
0: Bring it to me, You dirty. Oh
1: Gotta get that <laughs>
0: so Okay, that's cute. He did yeah. it. I mean he's in college if you're gonna do a proposal, yes, you should go more all out. But just a Valentine's Day, completely overrated completely over okay but right. some people don't feel that way and it's like a make or break on their relationship and you know that's one of places that me and my wife have had to meet on the middle um but <laughs> next thing up in the in dallas right in dallas it's been actually <laughs> oh i feel bad i already started laughing i already started laughing i'm an evil person yeah exactly so in Man. Dallas the weather's really really bad. Really really bad. All People of are, <laughs> Yes, it is cold. I just talked to my boy who lives out there now and he was like, dude, it, our power's out. They have a newborn baby only 7 months old and it's really bad. But that but but that's not the point. The point is that it has then turned into a social media battle over what's actually cold. And this goes back a little bit to what happened with um, what's her name? That's the um,
1: the uh, sideline reporter. Oh, Damn. I'm never gonna get this. You got me on the spot. You got me on the spot. Hold on.
0: Not not much So so it was a sideline. Pam yeah. Oliver. Palm yeah, Pam Oliver. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah Pam, yeah, Pam Oliver. She was out at I think Green Bay or Buffalo or something. And at the end of the game, she was when she was doing her sidelines, she looked very, very cold. She was speaking a little slower than probably usual. And people were saying, oh, she's drunk. (laughs) And I was like, "Fool! it's cold outside. You know what it's like to stand outside for five straight hours in 30 degree weather. They're like 30 degrees isn't cold. And I'm like, yes, the hell it is. When you live in Florida, when you live in California, it is. And people were. And there, there's this lady on Twitter that said, you know, everybody in Texas, stay safe. It's really cold outside. Check on your neighbors, all of this kind of, kind of stuff. And it was met with absolute hate. And I just was like, what? It's single digit degrees.
1: People I do, don't, I, people's
0: yeah. air conditioners breaks their heat, their heat breaks. You know, they don't have food. The roads are icy. Yes. Check on your
1: damn neighbor. Like, why is this controversial? Okay. So I'll admit, like, first of all, it's not funny because as somebody did point out, anytime you have weather in an area that 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 area um, wasn't designed for that type of weather, it can be catastrophic. And in Florida all or in Texas, all 254 counties in Texas right now are on a severe uh, winter warning. The governor um has declared a state of emergency um one guy on twitter david Finfrock, said in my 45 years of covering texas weather i don't remember seeing all 254 counties in the state under a winter storm warning um and the guadalupe mountains actually have a um a blizzard warning amarillo i think uh like the streets are frozen that's in north texas dallas was 12 degrees yesterday and i will admit like Sometimes cold weather for people who aren't used to cold weather, like a lot of the videos that come out on Twitter and everything. I don't know if you saw there was a, a, a truck in Nashville. Yes. That had backed out of its truck and slid street. down a hill. <laughs> he, tried to the, he tried to throw the parking brake on. And everything was captured from a front door ring camera. I, I probably sobbed, like sobbed, <laughs> crying, laughing. I'm about to cry laughing again at that. But, but when you think about it, you're like, okay, so obviously not everybody in Texas has, has money or has the ability to like literally weather the storm. And so you, you actually have to take something like this seriously. And the one thing you brought up yeah, it feels like Texas is taking this a lot more seriously, um, then even they they took covid they're shutting everything down Uh, i think they they're telling people to conserve energy because the uh the wind turbines are frozen their primary um oil refinery the largest oil refinery in the country is um shut down right now uh and so it's just i mean it's an absolute mess out there I feel bad for laughing at the idea that because I I live in Arizona, I have extreme weather. You had you had extreme extreme weather in in California uh, this last summer, and, and couple yeah. it with the fires and everything like that. I feel like people laugh at California a little bit when the weather gets crazy and when uh, when when there's all sorts of issues. And so I don't mean anything by it, Texas, but it's a little it's a it's a little bit funny that probably a lot of people move from California to Texas to escape some of the extreme. Uh, ups and downs of the weather and some of the government restrictions, they go to Texas and now they're locked down in freezing weather under government restrictions. Well, these are the things that happen,
0: bro. I mean, I, I just don't. Okay. So you, you made a good point that when places aren't designed for weather, it becomes a problem. Like if in Dallas, we've seen huge accidents, people have died, all of this. But if you put that same freezing, well, everything in Colorado or you put it in Nebraska or you put it in Wyoming, nobody's going to stop doing what they're doing. Like the right. city is prepared. The streets are going to be safe to drive on everything. It's when you're not prepared. It's, it's like when we get monsoons here in California, it's flooding, flash floods, everything all over the place. We're not prepared for rain like that. But, yeah. if, but in Seattle, and I mean, the drainage isn't the same, but you, but if it rains in Seattle for 30 days straight, the streets are barely even going to flood
1: because they're prepared for this. Yeah. In the middle of the town that I live in, I live at 20 miles south of Phoenix in a little like, um, I, uh, suburban Island called Maricopa. And there's about 50,000 people. No, out every, here. Every, Everybody knows about Maricopa now, buddy. <laughs> so it, the town is cut in half by uh, just a big empty wash and it's about the size of uh, of, a, of a of a creek bed and it runs all the way through the middle of town and it's it's just dry with some shrubbery in it 360 days a year but the five days a year when it rains out here we flood the whole town floods that wash has to be there or else the entire town would be underwater because the ground out here isn't
0: Rained for 10 straight days in arizona
1: oh i couldn't i can't i couldn't imagine because the ground doesn't hold water out here the drainage is only meant for like one big monsoon dump And then to then then to channel all the water away. If it rained for 10. I remember once it rained for three straight days here. And I tried to power through it in in my Mercedes station wagon. And two of my tires came up off the ground almost floated the car. And that was in my neighborhood (laughs) in Chandler, Arizona. So I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine, and it doesn't just rain out, it doesn't drizzle, it just dumps rain, it, it, it only, it only storms, it only monsoons, but yeah, if we didn't have that ditch through the middle of the town, this entire town wouldn't exist, it'd just get swept away in the, uh, in in the water. So, I mean, I, I get that. I got to, and then some people are just adaptable to everything. Some people have all the seasons. I got a friend in Maine who owns a a lodge uh, on a lake. They take people boating and everything. Well, for four months a year, that lake is frozen. So they got a bunch of uh, homes that they put up on skis and they push the, they push the little, they push the houses out onto the lake and then they drill holes and they ice fish. So they're just adapted to all potential Uh, weather situations out there most places only have you know just a couple of four like most people uh especially in the southern united states only have like two seasons maybe two and a half so when you give all of texas an instant winter yikes (laughs) yeah it's
0: become a problem um next thing up so i never thought i would live to see the day where nascar was like attractive to black people and granted, granted, like I will give NASCAR a lot of credit because in the last 12 months, they have done a lot an absolute ton to make sure that they, um, you know, invite, make NASCAR more inclusive. And because I've said from a long time that NASCAR is NASCAR is like hockey. It's better in person than it is on television. But after you go in person, you appreciate it on television, too, because it's difficult. It's fast. It it doesn't look as fast on television as it is in real life. Life is super loud. NASCAR is fun. But when you go to the track, you see all these Confederate flags. It just doesn't look like the crowd is happy to see me there. So I didn't feel like, oh, wow, they want me to come back. And but to see the way they've reacted to the Bubba Wallace situation, getting rid of the Confederate flags, Kyle Larson, him saying the N word and then him. uh, They having a, a conversation on race day with Emmanuel Acho. I was like and then they were paying social media influencers like Spice Adams, Josiah Johnson. To make sure that NASCAR people people were like, "Yo, no, watch the Daytona 500," and I know a lot of people that were like, "Yo, I'm gonna check it out," but then a 15 car pile up and the rain, seven hour rain delay, just killed the mood. I mean, it was literally like the phone ringing saying somebody died right when you're getting ready to have sex. <laughs> oh, Jeez. <Are> literally. <laughs> All right. Um or, or, or at least somebody's in in the hospital. Maybe, maybe not a death, but the point is you, you can't go back to that same feeling you had before. All
1: right. Well let let the uh let let, let the expert here talk about why black <laughs> people <should> like, <laughs> about why black people should like NASCAR. I don't know, man. My my dad and my brother, they're gearheads. We went to funny car races, boat car races, a lot of um of uh, motorcycle. Uh, dirt bike racing and stuff like that. Any anywhere that Robosaurus would show up, I went to all those things Ooh. as a kid. Robosaurus—it's the thing that they they use to convince people to bring their kids out to this stuff. It's a giant robot that like eats old cars and sets them on fire, um, and and they they have it like as sort of like a, a side event thing to okay. uh, to all these. Like r- I live um, right next to a, a racetrack. Out here, um, where you can take like your Hyundai Elantra if you pay 10 (laughs) bucks and take it around the track. (laughs) And so I like it. See, yeah it's worth doing. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I will tell you this. It didn't it didn't take with me. I never um I never got into it the way that a lot of my family um did however it was never not fun to go to live it's an awesome place to just go and camp out and meet people and eat food and drink and cook if you're into cook george i know you love being out there smoking meat and doing all that stuff oh. out out next to a track because yeah, they get it up there is, like a
0: week before the
1: race yeah the 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 people watching is just absolutely insane like I mean, I, it, it is literally an event where you grill out and watch fast cars like every culture how, should be into something like that. But the people in charge haven't necessarily always been super accommodating to uh to to other cultures and i think a lot of white people tried to say like all right well this is the last sport where somebody named lebron isn't jumping from half court and so (laughs) we're we're gonna try to like lay some serious claim over this thing and like everything is more fun when more people are involved that's why i've always like how accommodating and patient hockey fans are because hockey's up there with nascar is like just an absolute blast live but they try to get into it on tv and it's just a little bit different experience um I would recommend this if you pick a driver, uh, cause I remember when I was a kid, that's what I, I was like, all right, I'm, I really want to get into NASCAR. So I picked a driver. His name was Matt Kenseth. He was pretty good. And that kept me somewhat interested. Um, but you, you do have to pick a couple of drivers to get to know a little bit better. It, but if there, if you don't see any representation in, in it, then it's really hard to, um, to identify. And now NASCAR has a guess, little bit of that. Guess who my driver is. Guess who my driver is? Uh, does it does it rhyme with Chubba Flawless? Yes, Bubba
0: Wallace. Bubba Wallace is my guy. I've thrown in with Bubba okay. Wallace, and not not only have I thrown in with, with with Bubba Wallace, it made it even easier because he switched teams and now he's on Michael Jordan's racing team. So how easy is this for Black people to get involved? And you like, and
1: you got you got your own shoes. Yes, we got our own NASCAR. NASCAR, Yeah.
0: Dude. So, and and granted, not every black person is going to come on is going to jump on Bubba Wallace, but he's got a better car. He's got a better situation. So, but then I can root for Denny Hamlin too because he owns the team. So he's not even racing on that team. Now I got two dudes that I'm vested in. Like, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm watching
1: them and I'm want them to do well and I want them to win. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll maybe, maybe I'll look a little bit more into it. Like I said, my childhood is filled with gearhead stuff. And I just, I mean, we, my, my family still goes to the sand dunes every other weekend. They're down there with rail cars making noise out in Glamis. Um, but it just never, I don't know. I guess it never, I, I, I always gravitated toward the, um, the sports that had like major athletic accomplishments yeah. and not necessarily well, technical skills aren't
0: athletes. They're like endurance guys.
1: They're like endurance people.
0: I mean, it, yeah, I of- it
1: it would be called like calling because fu- I've seen people make this argument for three decades now that they are athletes, but I've never heard anybody call like a fighter pilot an athlete or. It's, it's, it's like a, it's, it's like a technical skill set plus endurance. There's athleticism involved. Absolutely. But it's something different. It really is its own thing. And that yeah. doesn't make it worse. And that's the thing that it's I wish people different. would get away from. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: different. They're, they're not athletes in the traditional sense because they're not, they're actually using a machine on top of their, their, their bodies and the machine is actually has a, plays at least as big of a part of whether you can yeah. win or lose and in, in in typical athletics it's not the same but the, here's the point that I wanted to make because a lot of people ask because they, they think that just throwing in Bubba Wallace and Denny Hamlin being with Michael Jordan that that's all of a sudden going to grow the sport of NASCAR no it's going to help but the thing that it'll do is what Tiger Woods and Serena Williams did for golf and tennis, which is because racing is tremendously expensive. It's a very, very expensive sport. So then, or or activity or whatever else you want to call it. So if you want to race go-karts, you, your, your parent has to be the mechanic too, unless you're really rich. So, so if you can get younger minorities involved in racing then so like if my 9 year old son if he starts racing go karts now so my family of 7 is then going to be involved in racing Yeah. so now that's 7 people but then you add grandparents, uncles aunties, cousins, nephews people, friends who want to come see, they who come support you same way that they would do at a baseball or a soccer game Now, all of a sudden, some of those people are going to be gravitated to it. So for every one kid that you get involved in it, you got 100 more eyeballs on the sport, and then that just exponentially increases. So getting the kids involved, I think, is more important than even getting the adults involved.
1: Yeah, especially it is is about access and what you can see. Um, And once you see it and you see that they're having fun, like that's a big part of it. I never would have watched golf if it wasn't for Tiger Woods. Oh me, and either. that's why I started playing. And honestly, like him having fun, it had it had for for me. It didn't necessarily have anything to do with race. It was youth because I watched him in the uh, play as an amateur um i watched him win the amateur championship then i watched him play majors as an amateur and it was one that he was young and two that he was having fun because everybody else out there just looked like they were kind of going about it and being a little stuffy about it and that the decorum was that you don't celebrate every time he would pump his fist i'd pump my fist like yeah. i love that so and so if you once you see like how crazy nascar can get once you get like you get somebody involved, you get them access to it. And then you see like the way that they celebrate after they win, they go, they, they go wild once a week, they go wild like they won the Western conference finals after every race that they win, you know? And then sometimes
0: there's crashes. Sometimes they fight like it's like when they actually have beef, this is, it's like wrestling, but in, in, in real life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and and again, like the whole thing is just an event to be able to go out there. It's, it's really cool. And so um, I I would absolutely welcome the growth of the sport. I feel like a more diverse cross section of interest in the sport would make me more interested because it's so, it's so regionally entrenched to, to the South and the East coast That even though there's some tracks out here and everything like that, it's a lot like golf. Like if golf wasn't in your neighborhood or hockey wasn't in your neighborhood, or for a lot of northern states, if baseball's not in your neighborhood, it's that much more difficult to get in. So the way that like the NFL has the play sixty stuff that comes out to all the elementary schools and keeps kids engaged, that needs to be NASCAR's focus. NASCAR needs to be out in all these different places where they've never had any reach. And they you need to be able to meet drivers, you need to be able to sit in a race car, you need to be able able to do all sorts of stuff to just grab people's attention absolutely
0: um next thing up we got up so urban meyer head coach of the jacksonville jaguars the team that drafted me the team i played for he went and hired chris doyle to be their strength and conditioning coach chris doyle his resume is phenomenal he was the Uh, strength and conditioning coach from Iowa from 1999 until, what, 2019 or 2020. He was the highest-paid strength and conditioning coach in all of college football. Very well regarded. But then it turns out that this dude has been stepping on people's fingers, having 13 kids go to the hospital, making racial remarks to kids, treating people unfairly because of their, their race, And ultimately he gets fired for these racial incidents. Iowa hired an independent investigative uh, team and they found cause to fire this man. So there's something. So white players and black players talked about the things that he did. He gets fired. Urban Meyer gets hired at Jacksonville to be the head coach and, and, And Urban Meyer came out and said, oh, you know, I vetted this guy. Nothing's going to go wrong. You guys trust me. I know what I'm doing. Like, you know, that whole college football head coach. I do what I want. Everybody else has to just listen because I'm the boss. I'm God around here. And then the Fritz Pollard Alliance, uh, probably the players, everybody else was like, hell no. Why the hell you hired this dude? Of all the strength and conditioning coaches in the country, this is the one you wanted. What's up with that, Urban? And then, in on a Friday, and on on a Friday news dump, he resigned, and everybody's like, "Oh, Urban, that's strike one, buddy. I knew this was not going to work from the jump." And I don't know why Urban Meyer was so freaking tone deaf that he thought that this was going to work.
1: Yeah. A couple of things. Like, let's start with Urban Meyer. You gotta know, you you have to have some self awareness. You have to. You're you're a public, you're a major major public figure who is out of coaching, whose reputation just got drugged through the mud for a very specific issue, which was not necessarily being sensitive to the uh, people who were claiming to be victimized by a situation in order to side with somebody in your employee. Yes. Like that that's the very specific reason that your name has been drugged through the mud. So for you to make one of your first moves to bring somebody in um, who has essentially been accused of, of making people super uncomfortable, making people's lives hell um, and f- for you it, it, it wasn't so much that he hired him, it was that he said, I vetted him, like I'm vouching for him. Yes. When that was the thing that you just got in trouble for doing was having the back of somebody who uh who wasn't being completely forthright, um and, and and who who was an asshole, like just a not a great person, right? So, you know, you, you put yourself in the exact same situation. I can't fault Chris Doyle for accepting the job. Yeah, you actually made me slightly empathetic for him that he had to then resign in disgrace immediately after. I'm not. I mean, I'm, he he's fine financially, and he was fine for a really long time. You know, making people feel like uh, um, less than and making them feel like they weren't necessarily uh, able to speak on it or that they had no power. And you know, then to move on to to, to Chris Doyle. Look, man, it's almost worse when you have, like, 40 people saying, like, there's something off about this guy, and they don't fully put their finger on it and pinpoint it, but they do say, like, hey, I know how this guy made me feel over time. And it's people who have never even talked to each other before. And it spans generations of players cycling in and out of Iowa. Um, That's almost worse than one person in the history of your program accusing you of doing a very specific, very terrible thing. So there's obviously some stuff that Chris Doyle has to examine and, and maybe he um, maybe he deserves another chance. There's nobody saying that he wasn't good at what he did. Yeah. The strength coach profession is super weird because it's one of the most important coaches, but it's often not one of the highest paid ones. That's starting to change a little bit. But also when you're super isolated within and insulated within the strength coach community. Some of these strength coaches get like those, you know, those weird scientist movies where they just been in a lab forever. And, and and then they start to do things that they don't know. They never ask the question if they should just, can they? Yeah. And that's how a a lot of strength coaches are like borderline eugenics weirdos in the way that they talk about the human body and, and the way that they're just completely outcome oriented and the stuff that they're trying to get out of you as an athlete. Like if you're a strength coach and you don't have, people in your community who aren't a strength coach 99% chance you're going to turn into a giant weirdo.
0: Yep. And I see <laughs> See, here is the and okay, so I believe that at some point in time Chris Doyle can get a second chance. But this was definitely not the way to handle it. Not the way to handle it in terms of your Urban Meyer. And and here's is my issue with Urban Meyer just in general to begin with. Okay. So Urban Meyer left Florida scandals come out about stuff. He covered up with Aaron Hernandez, other guys, all the arrests, all of that, but he retired for health reasons. And then the stuff comes out with uh, Zach Smith at Ohio state. He retires for health reasons again. So, and if we go back to that big 10 media day where he lied about what he knew in the situation with his Uh, assistant head coach, Zach Smith, and the stuff with his wife, Courtney, all all of that urban, the, the school actually came out in their report and said, Oh, he had been taking medication and it affected his judgment, all this stuff. And I'm like, so how the freak, can you coach? How the hell can you be a damn football coach? If your memory is affected by the medication that you're taking and your judgment, but people still want to keep throwing him jobs because obviously he's been very successful, but I'm like, Can cut you- the, cut the crap dude? Like I, I'm not saying that the dude does not have some health issues, but to yeah. continuously blame them for your bad decisions and the things that have happened around you, but then say, Oh yeah, I'm good to be a head coach again. It's bullshit, dude. Like there's no other way to say it. I, 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 I mean, what, what else am I supposed to think if your medication and the stuff that's happening to you, unless you've got a cure, why all of a sudden is something different? Like, how can you coach if your memory isn't intact? If your medicine makes you make bad decisions,
1: How? Right, at the highest level when everybody is a professional and everybody has to be on point all the time. Can you read the statement from Rod Graves and the Fritz Pollard Alliance? Because I want people to know, if you're not familiar with Rod Graves, this is not the type of thing that he would come out and say. He's super buttoned up, super professional all of the time. And so I think the interesting thing for the Fritz Pollard Alliance, which I think exists to promote diversity within – um within all aspects of of uh, of nfl life not just coaching ranks um but front office as well when you go out of your way to hire urban meyer who has had multiple uh health issues and then he goes out of his way to hire somebody who he knows who he says he vouches for that actually has scandal involving the way that he treats uh um, minorities and people within the program um I think, that I, I think that Rod Graves absolutely Here, nailed everything. Here's what he
0: said. He said, at the time when the NFL has failed to solve its problem with racial hiring practices, it's simply unacceptable to welcome Chris Doyle into the ranks of NFL coaches. Doyle's departure from the University of Iowa reflected a tenure riddled with poor judgment and mistreatment of black players his conduct should be disqualifying for the NFL as it was for the university of Iowa. I mean, what, what else is, but urban Meyer, I vet everyone on our staff. And like I said, the relationship goes back close to 20 years and a lot of hard questions asked a lot of vetting involved with all our staff. We
1: did a very good
0: job vetting
1: this one. It does, none, none of that means anything unless you ask specifics, unless you say, hey, does he feel like he was culpable for any of the things that he was accused of? What has he done to do something different? You can't just say I vetted them. You could no. say like, hey, like th- these are the three or four things that he's been doing over the last few months. And this is why I think it's important to have him be a member of our program because yes! he is. He's gone from a situation in which he was part of the problem to actually being part of the solution. He's an ally now and he's the kind of guy that we want to hold up as somebody who can experience redemption. And then we're free to also we're free to also give that because what we really need in this fight right now is allies, even though, you know, he could have done that by hiring somebody who, who would have, you know, shown that a little bit more, but I mean, I, there was definitely better ways to handle it than just saying hey uh, urban Meyer saying hey I did everything right and then Chris Doyle's the one who resigned and so it's not even like urban Meyer said hey you know I'm, I'm admitting that wasn't the best thing and so I'm the one that got rid of him it, he he's saying that Chris Doyle's the one that handed in his resignation yes, so that he didn't nothing want
0: to be a distraction
1: right so urban Meyer at this point in time all we can know like surmise from this is he has learned nothing here is what here is what probably
0: happened. Shad Khan in ownership—they gave because Urban Meyer has full control of the staff, everything. So he went to go hire him. Shad Khan said, "Okay," like not paying attention to who this dude is. He's like, "Urban Meyer not going to hire somebody that's going to cause cause me a scandal." That's the dude you want. Okay, fine. And then all of a sudden, it's like, "Oh, whoa, whoa, Urban, what the hell are you doing, dude? This is not okay." I bet you that that's how it happened. That call had to come down on high because it was one day later. So today, a video came out on Twitter from the Lakers Nuggets game last night, and it sent social media into a firestorm. And I'm like, why can't we have nice things? So this is LeBron James. (coughs) Uh, He goes down court, takes off from behind the dotted line from like halfway in between the dotted line and the free throw line and dunks the ball in between uh, amongst some porous defense. And all everybody wants to talk about is that this is a potential travel. Ralph, I don't understand what the hate for this video is. They're like one, two, three. That's a gather step. That is not a travel. First thing, it's amazing. LeBron James is 36 in his 18th year, still taking off from the free throw line. He didn't travel, but all I see is social media hate. It's because it's LeBron. Who are they going to... Go on.
1: Yeah, go on. I don't know if it's because of LeBron. I mean, I, I one of my favorite things in the world is to watch basketball with, like, just grouchy boomers <laughs> or Gen Xers who will say, Ready? travel and that's all they say they just say travel after every play they enjoy absolutely nothing about the game and they (laughs) they just say travel like that that stuff it adds to the entertainment of the game to me especially when it's a team like if it's the opposite team doing it to you and you can tell that they're just annoyed um but the the truth is like it feels like more and more people are so spoiled that they have just lost the wonder of it all that is one of the coolest things I've ever seen when you take into account um, his age, it's just like, everything about that is cool. And I just, I imagine myself, like, like you, you brought up when we were, we were doing the the show prep, the Patrick Mahomes uh, diving scoop throw that was on target. One of the coolest things I've ever seen. And you'll have people that just be like, Oh, incomplete. You have Barry, Barry Bonds put together one of the most majestic baseball seasons in history in which he walked more times than he struck out or singled. He walked more times than he singled. He had more home runs than singles. And people are just like steroids. Like they don't, it's, it's like a built in thing to let them say, this doesn't count. I can't enjoy this. Okay. You can acknowledge that something is in some way artificial or maybe outside the rules, or you might consider that not a gather and a third step. Because I think it's probably borderline, but the idea that you wouldn't enjoy that is insane to me. That is amazing. That is awe inspiring. Why would you not be in awe? Of that? It's LeBron you-
0: James, dude. If if Le- when LeBron James leaves, who are people going to blame all their troubles, all their uh, all their hate? Where are they going to place it when LeBron James leaves?
1: They can join you in blaming all your stuff on James Harden. Don't do that.
0: <laughs> Don't do that. All right. uh, Next thing on social media, this video sent people insane as well. This is Tom Brady tossing the Lombardi Uh, trophy from one boat to the next. Touchdown. his daughters yelling, Daddy, no, no, no. (laughs) That was the funniest part of the video is hearing his daughter scream and say, Daddy, don't do it. (laughs) He was drunk off avocado tequila. And yeah, (laughs) I thought it. Did did not most didn't everybody enjoy this video, regardless of whether they would have thrown the trophy or not? Weren't they like, oh my god, this fool just threw the trophy? It was a piece of great content, right?
1: Yeah, no, it was funny. Then maybe there's still some of the same LeBron James travel people out there, but no, that was that was hilarious because you can't you gotta admit, George. The first time you saw that video, you stopped breathing. Yes, I was like I did. I was like, did he
0: threw <laughs> the trophy. Oh my <laughs> I mean nobody the only other person that could get away with throwing the trophy in that situation would have been Gronk. Because you would expect Gronk to do something like that. You don't because oh, expect- he dented he dented a different Super yeah, Bowl that's trophy, right? You expect Gronk to throw the trophy. You from one boat to the next, except for Gronk, absolutely the, it would have ended up in the water. But Tom Brady, of course it ended up fine. But here is the issue. it We clearly didn't have an issue with it. This lady had an issue with it.
1: It takes a lot of work, a lot of hard work, um, a lot of hours go into it. It just really upset me that this trophy was disgraced and disrespected by being thrown as if it was a real football. I didn't sleep for the past two nights because of this. I was that upset because I, I know the, the passion that goes into this trophy and how my dad and all, all his fellow silversmiths are so proud to make this. I personally would like an apology not just to me and my family and the other silversmiths, but to the, to the fans.
0: What? So this lady's name is Lorraine Groves. She, her father is the man who, uh, one of the people who built the Lombardi trophy. I don't understand. Like, how can your level of sensitivity be this high? You're demanding apologies from the man who won the trophy for, like, like, is this sacrilegious to to throw the Lombardi trophy? It's dangerous (laughs) because you don't want to lose it, obviously. But I don't understand. (laughs) She said Um, she couldn't sleep for two nights.
1: How does she live on earth? I hate that we're even taking this woman seriously to try to deconstruct something that she said. And I want you to know, not necessarily our viewers, but you to know that I have suppressed all of the cruel things that immediately went into my head that I wanted to say in response. Give us, give us a couple of them. I just, I feel like if she's out trying to collect apologies, her hairdresser owes her one as well. (laughs) But let's just stick with this. (laughs) That was oh man see I was being good just cause you think it doesn't mean you gotta say it um once you make something for somebody else like once the check clears the check clears like if, if I take my kids to a five star restaurant and they get like escargot and they don't like the experience and they spit it back out on their plate I shouldn't have to apologize to the chef's dad. I've already made the purchase. The checks already cleared. Like, and even then, like, it's not you, it's, it's your dad. And so there's a, there's a level. It's incredible that she got to this point in her life being so deeply affected by something that does not affect her and do and even she does not the super affect her bowl?
0: do you think she watched the super bowl does she look like a person that watched the super bowl does this look like a lady that watched everybody, the super bowl
1: everybody takes a lot of work everybody watches a lot of hard work, um a lot of hours go into it it just really upset me that this trophy was disgraced and disrespected by being no but does and she, and she look like a, a woman who I
0: watched the super bowl
1: all right. After watching that video a second time, like, I I owe an apology. I would at least say like her colorist did a decent job on on her hair. I don't know about that cut, but um, she yeah. Everybody watches the Super Bowl. Everybody watches the Super Bowl. I'm not going to judge her baseball. on that.
0: By the way, that's a home haircut. That's not a. You don't go anywhere for that haircut.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Um, I. I just, I feel ridiculous taking what she said serious because I feel ridiculous that she took that so serious that she lost sleep over it. George, sleep, precious sleep. She's not sleeping because somebody threw something that her dad used to, make, used to make. Her dad had absolutely nothing to do with that one. And also whoever did make it, the check has cleared. It's not art. It's a preset template. They're making the same thing. Every well, single year, you you make a great point. Once you
0: give something to somebody else, it's done. It's done. Like you have no control over it. Like um, like where when? Okay, so you're in the process of selling your your house and buying another house. If somebody, if you were selling the house to, it was well, the house that you're going to buy, right? If the people were were, if they put in the contract i i want the the new buyer to 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 keep this purple piece of garden out in front and i don't want them to change the color of the one wall in the one bedroom that mattered to me because it has sentimental value i want it to always stay that way okay and then you buy the and then they're like are you sure you agree to this and then they're like and you're like yeah and in, in your mind, you know, like, dude, this is my house. I'm going to do with it as I, as I please. So you agree to it and then you keep it like that for a while. Cause you have good integrity. And then you're like, I don't like this. It sucks. And then you go change it. And then that person comes to you, knock, knocks on the door. And is like, yo, the purple patch is gone. What are you going to say?
1: Not the person, the person's like grandkid. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Not the person. The person's <laughs> grandkid. I will say this. i i had I did talk a little bit to somebody who, um, who owns a home and they're part of like a historical society. So you're not actually allowed to change very much. You had to go through some of those discussions and, and and learned a little bit about what you are allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. And actually like they got caught up in the sale of it a little bit because they added a piece to the property that they should never have been allowed to add. And so now that's, that's creating an issue and them trying to actually move, move their house. But like, as far as, I mean, but that, that's, Those are like corporate weird rules. This is just a simple thing of like your dad may have been involved in this once, but he's not involved in it anymore. And even if it was, it's your dad. And even if he had an issue with it, the check already cleared. And so we're, we're like six degrees removed from you needing to have anything to say about this. I just want to know what she did or said that put her in a position to be in front of a news camera. Cause I, I like to imagine she wrote nine paragraphs on, a, on, on, on Facebook that caught the eye of some young oh. enterprising reporter and gave us this gym because I, that that's the thing that I'm obsessed with is how, how did we end up giving a voice to this ridiculous complaint?
0: Yeah. Cause her audacity is what strikes me the highest. Like her audacity is insane. Um, the last thing for social media is this picture. Of Kendall Jenner in a what is apparently I've I I Googled because I wanted to make sure I did some research. This is called a micro-thong. Oh, did you do did you do
1: some research, George?
0: Yes, it's called a micro-thong. And she is this Google, this Google history is research. She honey. looks like a like a Barbie doll. She's skinny long legs. The the picture is clearly photoshopped, right? I looked at it. I'm like, okay, cool. That's a picture of Kendall, Kim, Kendall Jenner, just like Kim Kardashian or Chloe. All their photos are, are Photoshopped on some, some level in my mind. Like that's what I anticipate. But people said that she, that this, that Instagram should take this picture down because it's creating body shame issues for other people. And she's hurting their feelings by a picture that she posted in trying to sell underwear,
1: essentially. Oof. Uh, What am I supposed to say here? Um, Okay, first thing, I don't care what somebody wears. Some people care. And, George, you know when... um, through through the election you would hear people say stuff like you know the government wants us divided because that way we're easier to control yeah right like and i always i hear stuff like that and i'm like it's super simplistic because there's a lot of personal responsibility that goes on And some of these issues are serious enough to keep people divided. If you're going to be on the wrong side of of the fence on, on, a a really, really serious topic that involves the life and and, and liberty and happiness of another person, you got to jump that fence. We, we, there, there's a reason that divide exists. I will say this though, when it comes to that specific phrase and we get into the topic of, uh, of some of the things that, 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 that seem to piss off females, I would tell you that if there, if, if there was not, oh man, this is so sensitive. If there was not so much time spent on getting upset over the way that other people looked in, whether it's a swimsuit or fashion or on a magazine cover or anything like that, like, man, George, I don't even know that if there would be a home for men, on any platform doing anything because women would have completely overtaken the entire universe. They're like, they're, they're more times than not. They are the more motivated gender. They are the, 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 the more empathetic gender. They are the gender that uh, can take the most on their shoulders. They're the most nurturing gender. They are the most educated. They are actually the most educated, especially uh, in, in America. And I, I look at all of these talents that that uh, that our female friends have, and I and I I wonder why are they not running literally everything? And one obviously has a massive historical component to it, and the other is they get mad at Kendall Jenner <laughs> and, <laughs> and her micro.
0: <microphone. laughs> Dude, I looked. I was like, how the f are you upset about Kendall Jenner? What the
1: hell she's wearing? There's Ooh. one person. One person has the any right at all to be upset by that photo, and his Devin name is Ben Booker. Simmons. No, no, I think Devin Booker's fine with it. Ben Simmons. Okay.
0: Ben Simmons,
1: because that photo came out right after Devin Booker dropped thirty six on his head. So, oh, I,
0: dang! So that's just like ee,
1: ee, 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 yeah, so I, yeah. So yeah. So, and I'm not saying that Ben Simmons has to feel bad about that photo. I'm just saying that if he does, I understand it.
0: So, yeah, so I, stop. <laughs> She's a celebrity. They post, uh, Photoshopped pictures. Stop getting oh. mad at them for posting. I mean, it, it's just like if they get mad at you for posting pictures with too many filters on it.
1: So what? <laughs> Who are you're, You are you're like, you were like a, what? 6'3", 250 NFL tight end. Yes. Right? Uh, a guy like Leonard Pope comes into the NFL. He's 6'8", 260, not an ounce of fat on him out of the University of Georgia. What do you do when you see a guy like that? Let's say you got on the cover of Men's Fitness. The like, same what, thing do you I, get upset? The
0: same thing as I do when I see uh, DK Metcalf with it, with his shirt on. I'm like, damn, I wish I was built like that. Jeez, <laughs> that, 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 that must be nice, dude, because I
1: never put a damn shirt on. <laughs>
0: I, I just like, I but don't you don't
1: feel like you don't feel threatened. You don't feel like, no, no, no I, I, you I, got to get to the point. You got to get to the point like, where yo, yo, I should some probably... people just look ridiculous and they are the anomaly. Yes. They are. Not, like That's not a common thing. You shouldn't want to be able to attain that because it is so far out there. And and when we're talking about specifically that family, they have the ability to pay to to yes, look uh, a certain to, way. Yes,
0: it's and and, and it's like m- maybe she is like the commercial. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Uh maybe it's the Maybelline option. Like dude, it's absolutely crazy. Um oh, dude. So look, I'm going to have to pull this video because as we're doing this cuz we were talking about Valentine's Day in the beginning, right? Okay. And our boy Michael B. Jordan. Absolutely. He did something that was just, you know, how you asked about uh, if stuff puts you
1: to shame. Hey, his, I will say that when I asked my wife what her favorite Super Bowl commercial was and she said his, I was like, they should take that commercial down. <laughs> Dude, you are talking
0: about a man who lives in the house with a 20 year old daughter. And and my wife, who like, dude, if it weren't for if Michael B. Jordan walked in my in, in my house, I don't know what what would be left when when he left. Like that's like that's the thing. Um, that okay.
1: commercial that commercial was so that commercial was so out there that like nobody even there was not even a moment of pause in anybody anybody's mind when at one point in that commercial michael b jordan is sitting in a bathtub talking about hooking up with another dude yes okay because that's what he was like and no one even like no one even flinched no one even flinched because it doesn't matter what he does or says hey good good for him man he's he's the best part of friday night lights here he can do whatever he did
0: for Lori harvey his new girlfriend um for valentine's day so we're walking through an what? aquarium. <laughs> we're walking through an aquarium <laughs> with millions of rose petals on the ground.
1: Appreciate you, my
0: A table full of plates and I don't know what this is, man. Like they're having dinner in the middle of one of those aquarium tubes. So now, do you feel bad about your Valentine's Day, Ralph?
1: I mean, yeah, I'm i I'm I'm fine to do it without the candles and the rose petals. I'll just sit on the floor, and eat McDonald's, <laughs> eat a Big Mac on the floor. I don't care. That's a cool place. That's a that's a cool spot uh, that they found to 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 be able to grab a meal. Good for him, man. Good. I mean, I, that's a different life. That's See, a different. It strategy. sets
0: unrealistic expectations for the the normal man. So so this is the man version of the Kendall Jenner thing. Which is where, where, where women would be like, they're like, oh, well, not all women, obviously, but a lot of people who commented on the Kendall Jenner thing were saying, oh, well, this is terrible, she, bad body image for women, and but terrible example, like it's it's her body, you're now body shaming her, but but then that would be like me getting mad. At Michael B. Jordan, nobody else can afford that. Michael B. Jordan, you're shaming everyone else. You, you've created too high expectations. Now our women aren't going to think that we're good enough because we can't give you an aquarium, um,
1: an aquarium meal rented out. See, I'm not. I don't worry about. I don't worry about me. I worry about him. I worry about the bar he just set for himself. Like, see, that's Valentine's Day number one. What do you got? <laughs> what do you do? 2022 into? already got to be in the works? Because it's not It's not just about him and Lori Harvey anymore. It's about me. I'm invested now, Michael. I want to see what you do next.
0: <laughs> <laughs> see, because me, okay. So it did hit a little bit different for me because <laughs> your your point is very valid. Because I feel like that my wife would look look at that and be like, Like uh, I don't understand. Are we gonna have dinner in the aquarium or what? And I'm like, babe, we don't do dinner. Like, like I know that we have some privileges in life, yeah. par- <laughs> partially because of your your doing as well. But the renting out the aquarium—that's like we're somewhere in between renting out the aquarium and you know, and that 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 thing that you said, the urban picnic. Like, okay. There's like, we can do like where the urban picnic would be totally acceptable. That would be appreciated. Right. But like our budget is somewhere like somewhere in between, like we're like caught up in like purgatory where you can't
1: go there, but then anything, do do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm more on the level of, I'll buy you a goldfish and we'll sit it on the dinner table. (laughs)
0: All right. Last thing up is um, so I want to talk briefly about okay, so Kentucky and Duke are struggling in college basketball. That's not the story here. Uh you got Kentucky who is five and seven. They stink, even though they have a kid who played out in here, they they have uh a kid who's top five in the nation they have like three top 10 kids on their team and other uh, just the normal kids that would be one and done at Kentucky Duke, same way, six and six bunch of one and done potentially kids, but they're awful. And people say, Oh, what's going wrong with these teams? All that. The thing that's going wrong is the pandemic. I I said it in college football. Now it's the, the same as holding true that veterans older people they've dealt with this better it's the younger people like our our kids and and younger people who aren't necessarily grounded if you aren't married it's been harder granted being, being married has been hard too but but if you are alone in this like it's created different anxieties and stuff for you and for these teams that don't have that veteran leadership They've struggled. Like, I don't see this as any indictment on Coach K, on uh, John Calipari. I see this as the pandemic has screwed their teams up.
1: Yeah, I mean, technically they should be fine in any other regular year. They had four of the top 33 kids in the country sign with them and two of the top eight like therefore and and usually the ratings companies like rivals and 247 are re- are really pretty good about this they should be fine um but what you've noticed is you had two five star kids go to Arizona state Duke obviously always does a fantastic job um, with with their recruiting classes. And this last year was was no exception. You know, they got some pretty decent talent to, to go out there, uh, including uh, um, Jabri Abdul Rahim, uh, who's the number 45 player in, in, the, in the country. And plus, you, you have, um, you know, you have Coach K, who's one of the best coaches in the history of the sport. And I think one of the primary issues besides youth that you brought up is just the ability to not really have any consistency. And when you're a team that takes in a ton of talent, rotates a ton of new talent every single year, you need that consistency. You need that two to three games a week. You need to be able to build in those those expectations of of what the routine is going to be, because you have, especially at Duke and Kentucky, you have a really set specific system in which you're trying to get those those kids in and prepared and out in an eight month period. Yeah. Right. And so that is a super critical eight-month period. It's not like a lot of these other colleges that are looking at three and a half to four years of a process of trying to build up a prospect and build up a contender and a team as a whole. Duke and Kentucky and now teams like Arizona State who just had the ability to get into the area of elite recruiting are saying, what can we get done in this eight-month window? Every moment is crucial. You take away a lot of those moments with COVID cancellations, with not being able to be around their family, and with other disruptions you're just not going to be able to run that eight-month formula appropriately
0: well i mean and we saw this in college football too and it was more prevalent with the quarterbacks right you saw this with michigan breaking in a new quarterback saw this with penn state that's why they struggled as well look at the team i mean even even oregon had inconsistent play especially from the quarterback spot but it's the pandemic had a lot to do with how these teams uh, per- perform. Um, you have at, look look at Alabama. Older quarterback. He had played a lot last year and Mac Jones. Huh. They win the title. Granted, they're very talented as well. Clemson. How did they deal with the pandemic? Fantastic. Trevor Lawrence. Ohio State. Justin Fields. Notre Dame. Ian Book. Texas A&M. Kellen Mond. Uh, o- Oklahoma struggled in the beginning. Breaking in a brand new quarterback, Spencer Rattler,
1: Florida. But they got how many games did they get to play? 10, so Oklahoma yep. figures it out by the end because they get to play ten games. But you look at you look at your quarterback thing could not be more true. Uh, Grant Gannell at University of Arizona almost knocked off USC. Four games later, and a and a shoulder sprain later, they're losing to Arizona State seventy to seven. Yep. Like there's just so, so much is so delicate this year that I really caution anybody who's putting too much weight on any of the outcomes or anything that happens this year in football or basketball. I'm not saying it needs to have an asterisk. If somebody succeeds, I'm saying it needs to be celebrated even more if somebody succeeds oh, yeah. because the odds are just stacked against everyone right now. A hundred percent agree. Um, you guys
0: forgot to tell you earlier, but uh, we will not have a show on Wednesday. We're getting stuff transferred over to iHeart and all that stuff. So, make sure that you guys join. Make sure you uh, listen to us the same places you already do. You listen to us on iHeart as well. Uh, this is Right or Wrong. I'm George Reiser. He's Ralph Amston. Peace out. Catch you guys on Friday.